present of me is not ready for the future that God has for me. This current version of me is not ready for the destiny that God has for me. This current version of me is not ready for the purpose that God has for my life. But you know what's great about it? I know he got a purpose. I know he got a destiny. I know he has a plan for me. So he says, listen, I need for you to change the way you think to prepare you for where God is taking You're now in June to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Billerica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. Caution can be defined as to give warning. It also is a prudent forethought to minimize risk. One of the definitions I think about, one example I think about caution is to plan. Planning, just simple, good, old-fashioned planning. Planning will help you to minimize risk. As I mentioned in the close of last week's message, I want us to see how God is using warnings to alert us. There are all their warnings, their warnings, their warnings to alert us, but they're also warnings to alert others about us. And sometimes with individuals, we have to understand that God will warn other people about you. And that's a good thing. I like that. For, as a matter of fact, we'll talk about it as we go into it. Now, warning can serve as advance notice of something that could be dangerous or potentially unpleasant. Caution and warnings come to let us know the danger of something that may cause harm is near us. It takes a mature mindset to take heed to warnings and not fall for the deception of our flesh and the enemy. See, the Lord sends us his written and revealed word to give us guidance, strength, wisdom, and also warnings. And let me say this to you, what the enemy does is real. It's real. But I thank God we serve a God that is greater. For the Bible says, greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. Someone has come to make us aware of outward dangers, yet he also gives us words that let us know about inward dangers. In my opinion, most of the, of the warnings that we get come from inward warnings. In other words, many times God will warn you about yourself. And I appreciate that about God. God is a God that loves me enough to warn me about me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, he says men ought to always pray and not to lose heart. That's a warning to me. He says if you don't pray, you may faint. So I need to continue to take heed to the warning that's going on in my life. Now, when it comes to our flesh, our corner nature, it can pose some serious inward dangers to us. If you don't mind, turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 7, and verse 18. The book of Romans, chapter 7, and verse 18. The Bible says this, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. So he says, Paul said this, for I know, I'm aware that something is in my flesh that is not good. And my flesh is going to try and complicate my walk with Christ. 
and I've been living long enough, and your flesh will try to complicate your walk with Christ. Boy, I know that's a, you ain't got to tell me that's true. I know it's true right there. Your flesh, your carnal nature, the way you think about things will try to complicate your walk with Christ. It, it'll try that. So Paul says, for I know, I notice, I understand that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good or nothing beneficial or nothing honorable, honorable dwells. For the will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. What I see this scripture as is a warning. He said, there's a warning. Something is in your flesh you got to watch out for. And I appreciate God giving me the warning. I don't need to be walking around thinking my flesh is going to cooperate with God when the Bible tells me it's not. So I realized that, and I said, you know what? I need to work on my flesh because this is going to be a work, and it's going to take a while. In fact, it's going to be a life journey in order to get this right. Now, remember that Paul is talking to the church folks, uh, Christ-minded saints. We see his audience in Romans chapter 1 and verse 7. Romans chapter 1, verse 7 reads as follows. To all who in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So to all who in Rome, beloved, esteemed, favored and dear to God, called to be saints, called to be holy, called to be consecrated, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So his, this letter was written to believers in Rome. It was also written to the believers here at OCC. Yeah, yeah, it's written to all of us in the sanctuary. So when Paul wrote this, when he wrote uh, Romans 7 and 18, he was writing it to us. He says, watch out for your flesh, for there's nothing good that dwells within it. Now, when I'm talking about nothing good, nothing that the carnal nature, the carnal nature can be good one day and just get sidetracked the next day. You just, you, five minutes later, you can be to sidetrack with your carnal nature. And you need to know that. I, I would not, I would hate to walk around thinking my flesh going to cooperate with me. But all of a sudden, I get in a tight trial and my flesh says, oh, I ain't doing that. Mm-mm, no, uh-uh. So I understand, I pray that you understand as well. When Paul was making this particular statement, he was talking to all of us. As believers. So as believers, we must constantly remind ourselves in this flesh is no good or no beneficial thing apart from God. I may act good for a bit, but in the right situation and with the right people, my flesh may manifest some ungodly behavior. Let me say that to you again. In the right circumstance, in the right situation, and in the right uh Right people, my flesh may manifest some ungodly behavior. So the thing I have to do is I can't put myself in that position. I can't put myself in a position where I am going to be doing some ungodly things. Now, people have to be warned that, that though we love God, he is still changing us and making us better. And we are a work in progress. How many agree that you are a work in progress? How many can say that I am a work in progress? And, and that's good. And that's good. And you know what? And just in case you didn't know, your neighbor knew you were a work in progress. 
They sure did. They, they weren't surprised when you said that. They're like, yeah, I know you're a work in progress because I see. All right, see? So we don't need to be confusing ourselves. And just because we're in the house of God, just like the, this letter was written to the church at Rome, we need to understand that believers have to go through a process. See, we are growing, maturing, and getting better, but transformation is a process. Which brings us to today's topic and focus verse, caution, transformation taking place. Again, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, transformation can be defined as a thorough and dramatic change in form and eventually appearance. Transformation is synonymous with words like conversion, metamorphosis, and shifting. See, change can be gradual or all at once. It just depends on what type of change is taking place. When parents have their first child, it's amazing. You can be your first child, you excited about that child, you undecorated the room, you, you got your name picked out, or two or three names picked out, one for a boy, one for a girl, just in case you don't know. And you don't really realize how your life going to change when that baby get here. Woo-wee. Boy, I ain't slept in years. Are y'all following <laughs> But, you know, it, but it's a good change, but it, your life is never going to be the same because you are connected to a child, and your life is never going to be the same. No matter how much you prepare for it, it's nothing like when that child, they say, hey, this is your child now. Put him in that car seat and send that child back home with you. They don't put no instructions in there. They don't put nothing in there. They don't say what to do when they start crying and won't stop crying when you change them, put, put a diaper on. I mean, they don't tell you all that kind of stuff. You, you know, your child a little bit different than everybody else's child. You know, when they get 14, they start doing certain things. They get 12, they do certain things. When they get 8, they start doing things. You know, change is going to take place in your child's life. It's going to take, take place. Now, there's another type of change that takes place. When I strive to eat right and exercise, my weight as well as my energy level will hopefully improve. But it might be gradual. Although I know I've, I've been to the gym, and I, I had a good workout, boy. You think you lost five pounds <laughs> of one workout. One. Not 12, 15, one. One. Boy, this is a good workout right here. Boy, I lifted weights, man. You looked in the mirror. You saw a muscle pop up. Oh, God. Woo! A muscle popped up. You know, and then you get on that scale, and that scale say you went up some. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. This ain't right, scale. You lying to me. Scale ain't lying. It's a gradual change. It's a gradual. But you're changing, though, so don't stop exercising. Don't stop exercising. You begin to see, then, as we change in our spiritual life, we begin to see the need to give big if we want to receive big. We, as I, we bring God as tithes and as offerings, I can begin to see my finances and my thinking about money gradually changing. I begin to see a desire not to consume my seed on stuff that is temporary, but to sow my seed and to invest in the kingdom of God. Stuff is good, and I like stuff myself. But I have to take God's seed, his tithes and his offerings, and not use it for stuff. I need a transformation in my thinking, in my money, and so forth. 
I, I, I need scriptures like Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, and verse, excuse me, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9. So let's go there real briefly. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9. Again, we're talking about the change that's taking place. Some change is going to be immediate and life changing. Some is going to be gradual. And sometimes you're going to change something, and then after you change it, it's still going to go back to the way it was. Therefore, you need scriptures like this right here to help us in our change. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So if I want to change my life, whatever I sow, that's what I'm going to reap. And verse 8, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap life everlasting. Verse 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So I pray, and part of this particular message is this, that we reap godly transformation. Godly transformation. As I was preparing this, one of the, one of the lessons that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to convey to us is this. And understand what I'm, what I'm about to tell you. So just follow me as I tell you this. My current version of me is not ready for the future that God has for me. This current version of me is not ready for the destiny that God has for me. This current version of me is not ready for the purpose that God has for my life. But you know what's great about it? I know he got a purpose. I know he got a destiny. I know he has a plan for me. So he says, listen, I need for you to change the way you think to prepare you for where God is taking you. So I need for you to change your thinking so in turn you can be prepared for the greatness I have for you. Mm, good God Almighty. I was loving that. You know why I was loving that? I said, you know what? I'm not changing just to be changing. I'm changing with a purpose in mind. I'm changing with destiny and, and, and calling in mind. I'm changing because I know God has something great for me. And I know he's still working on each person in this sanctuary. He's changing you, but he's got greatness in mind. Mm, mm, mm. And don't be, don't be upset. Don't be discouraged because this current version of you is not where God wants you to be at. Understand this. He's got you on the right track. Woo, tell somebody he's got me on the right track. Oh, he's got me on the right track. I'm going to head toward my purpose and my purpose and my destiny. So now, Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 12, let's go to Rome, back to Romans chapter 12. Transformation is important. Romans chapter 12, we're going to, look, we're going to start at verse 1. Transformation is important, especially if I'm going to be Christ-minded. I want to be without everything that God wants me to be. So Paul continues conversation with the church in Rome and also the church in Villarica by saying this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So I beseech you, I'm, I'm calling to your attention 
Listen, therefore, brethren, fellow believers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. He begins this particular message with, I begin. In other words, he said, I want your attention. I know I've been talking to you for, now, of course, when the Bible was written, it wasn't written in chapters and verses, but for the first part of this particular letter, he wrote to Rome. And now he gets to this part, and he says, listen, I need for you to pay attention to this part. I need for you to uh, watch, excuse me, pay attention to what I'm about to tell you. So he wanted the believers in Rome to know, first of all, that God is merciful. He has compassion on his people. The same God that has compassion on the church in Rome also has compassion on us this morning. And I do appreciate that. He has compassion on our efforts that we make to be like him, knowing this is a lifelong process. And the more, the more, hallelujah, woo, mm, the more he's changing me, the more I got to share. The more he's changing me, the more I got to share. So in other words, I used to be one way, but now he's changed me to something different. I, that transformation's taking place. Yeah, I'm not what I used to be, but thank God I'm not. But I, I'm, I'm working my way through. I'm progressing. And see, this is what you got to understand. God has taken your prayer life to another level. He's taking your prayer life to another level. He's taking your giving to another level. He's taking your holiness to another level. He's taking the reason that you do things to another level. And you need to understand that. So he's already changing you, but understand he's not finished changing you. Yeah, he's already changed you, but he is not finished changing you. And, I, and that's good for me because that means he's still working on me. Mm, he's still working on me. Yeah, I might have stopped growing naturally, but spiritually speaking, I'm still being changed. And you ought to be glad that God is changing you. That means he's working on you. He's working on you. He's working on you. That means your prayer life is not what it used to be, but it's a whole lot more effective. Yeah, you know, you, you know when, when uh, Jesus pulled his, well, excuse me, they asked him, hey, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Yeah, God been teaching you how to pray for years now, and your prayers are effective. No, the, the less effective prayer is the one I pray. So you need to pray so your prayer can be effective. Oh, you know you can pray. Oh, you can pray. You ain't got you ain't got to have no long prayer neither. You can just learn how to pray. You just pray a short prayer, and that prayer can be powerful. It can be effective. You pray over your meal before you go eat. Hey, that's an effective prayer. Listen, you be riding down the road and say a quick prayer. That can be an effective prayer. You ever been riding down the road, got a little sleepy, and say, Lord, help me to stay awake. Lord, Lord he did it too, didn't he? God, because why? You are an effective prayer, but you, you're not stopping right there. You're going to continue to learn how to pray. You follow me? Listen, there's some things in the Word of God you did not know, but God is changing the way you think about it, so he's helping us all to grow and mature in the Word of God and the ways of God. You're, you're growing up. You're changing. You're becoming a mature Christian. Yeah, I know it took some time. I know you, you fought against a little bit, but now you're growing up. Things that used to affect you don't affect you like it used to anymore. You don't get angry like you don't used to. You don't get upset with things like you used to. You don't get mad like you used to. You got more peace that passes all understanding. 
You are reacting in ways you thought you would never react in before. Why? Because God's working on you. Oh, God is working on you. He's changing you. He's transforming you. He's moving in your life. He's preparing you from right here to where he's taking you. Therefore, we need the Holy Spirit to help us in the process. See, Paul gives us personal instructions to, to all the hearers with two main things he tells us to do. He, he tells us in this particular text, in Romans 12, verse 1, is this. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. And number two, be holy. This is your acceptable and reasonable service. Reasonable. Just reasonable. Listen, you can do a lot of things, but this is just reasonable. Reasonable just for you to present your body as a living sacrifice and to be holy. Be holy. See, we are growing and maturing and presenting this, our bodies as living sacrifices. We're striving to live holy on a day-by-day basis. And let's admit, let's, I'm going to admit this, you may not admit this, but some days are better than others. Some days, I feel, you know, I'm, I'm doing all right. There's some days, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. But listen, I thank God for his grace and his mercy. This is what he said. Hey, God is merciful. He knows what it takes for you to change to be more like him. So he's merciful. He's merciful in our change. And thank God for his mercy. Oh, yes, thank God for his mercy. And we have to give ourselves grace to be holy. Give ourselves grace to be holy. You can put so much pressure on yourself that you're almost, what's the word I'm looking for here? You will literally almost hurt yourself trying to be things that God never called for you to be. You can almost hurt yourself. Therefore, he says, be holy for I am holy. We have to warn others so that unholy thinking, talking, and actions don't misrepresent our holy God. Can you imagine, amen, if you looked at David's life? David was a man after God's own heart. But if you looked at some of his life, you'd be like, is that a a holy person would do? Is that what a person after God's own heart would do? David would lie. David slept with somebody's wife. Listen, David was one side he was, and the other side he was. I mean, just look at who he was. I mean, we can't get mad at David because at the end, he was a man after God's own heart. Can you look at Peter? Peter carried a knife. He cut an ear off. If you got to him, you looked at him the wrong way, he would cuss you out. If the Bible says he cussed you out, you know he cussed you out. Let me say this to you, but you can't think, you can't look at Peter's old life and look at what he did on the day of Pentecost when he preached the first sermon. And then that same Peter, after he preached the first sermon, had a problem with some other people that God told him to go to. Therefore, he had a vision, and he said, and, and uh, God had to tell him what God has called. Hey, let no, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Hey, what God has cleaned up, you can't call it unclean. Mm, you see how God cleaned up Peter? And if God can clean up David, if God can clean up Peter, God can clean us up too. Listen, God can work on our lives too. Do you know if God can work on somebody like a, a you know, Moses, amen. Moses was a good man, but Moses killed a man before he went to the desert. Y'all know that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, Moses was a good man. But yet Moses wrote uh, the 
first five books of the Bible, what we call Genesis, Exodus, and so forth. But he wrote those books, but yet Moses still had a temple. Y'all follow me? But Moses messed around, got upset one day, and when God told him to speak to the rock, he struck the rock. Listen, but God still worked with him. And you need to know that God will work with you despite sometimes you need a little help along the way. You need a little help along the way. And thank God he will help us along the way. Therefore, he says he's merciful. He's merciful. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, God is merciful. I love that about God, that he changes. He changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If God is merciful in that day, he's merciful today. He is merciful in December of 2023. Or whenever you hear this message, God is still merciful. And thank God he's merciful. Oh, yes, he is. When we're going through the transformation process, we may have to make some changes. We may have to change some friends, change our approach to things. We may have to change how we spend our money. We may have to change our thinking about church and hearing God's word. Whatever it takes for me to present my body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is my reasonable service. Reasonable service. Now, a sacrifice is an act of presenting to God that costs you something. But, I, I, but we understand that it is required of all of us. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. And let me say this to you. It costs you something that's valuable to you. You know, the hardest things to give up is stuff you like. Let me let that sink in for a moment. See, there's some things in my life that tell me to give it up. I ain't got no problem. I don't like it no way. It's the stuff that I like that God sometimes would deal with me about letting go. Stuff that feel good, I have a problem with letting go. Stuff that I like to see, they have a problem with letting go. Stuff that I like to do, I have a problem with letting go. It's not the stuff that I don't like, it's the stuff I do like. Now, if you tell me I got a bungee jump, I got to give it up. I ain't bungee jump one. Nothing wrong if you bungee jump. Nothing wrong with that. I ain't bungee jump one day. So I ain't got no problem giving it up. You say, well, Dodge, don't get on that bungee jump. All right, then. But if it's something else, oh, and I like it, oh, God. You want me to give that up, God? Listen, I give up bungee jumping. Don't let me give this up. You see what I'm saying? We try to, we try to negotiate with God. But God knows what he's doing, y'all. He knows what he's doing. And so I need to understand that it's a sacrifice. It's something that I like. Those are not a part of that. Holy, acceptable, excuse me, holy, dedicated, or consecrated to God. Acceptable, well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable or sound judgment. Notice this, it's your reasonable service, that service that is performed a sacred service. A sacred service. We have, we have a responsibility as believers to present and show ourselves to God as living sacrifices, constantly dying to our carnal nature. Ooh, I told you that nature, that, that carnal nature is going to give you trouble. Or it wants to give you trouble. It can give you trouble. 
I pray that it don't. But, you know, you got to learn how to cast down imagination, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You know what he said? One scripture, he says, I die daily. He had to kill that carnal nature on a day-by-day basis. Because sometimes it want to act up in a way that hmm, it just want to act up, y'all. It's act up. Now, you may think it's dead, but you know what Paul says? I die daily. That means something. To, he had to kill something every day, every day, every day. And let's face it, some days are better than others. Some days are better than others. We have responsibility as believers to present and show ourselves to God. And just because you are holy doesn't mean the tempter is going to stop trying to tempt you. He says, be holy, don't mean that the tempter is going to try to stop tempting you. Pastor, I was at church, and I did. You know, I gave God my tithes and my offering. I prayed. I was there, and I did this and the other. But the enemy will still try to tempt you. And he knows your temptation better than anybody. This is the thing I need to understand. And one thing I learned, too, your carnal nature Knows you better than, ooh, mm. it knows what you like and what you don't like. It knows what can get your attention. It knows what it likes. So, therefore, you have to keep it under subjection. And one of the things I learned about this before I go to my next scripture is this. It knows it, but you got to learn how to repent quickly. Learn how to repent. Ask God to forgive you quickly. When we look at the life of David and Saul, one of the differences is David repented quickly. He got it right. Saul, I, you hardly ever read about him saying, asking for forgiveness. Hardly ever read. I don't, can't hardly remember a time he did. He was always justified him being right. Even when David messed around and got with Bathsheba and got her pregnant and, and all that kind of stuff, and, and, and he wouldn't, rep- well, I'm sure the spirit, in my mind, the spirit of the Lord came and tried to tell, hey, get that thing right. But he didn't want to get it right. So Nathan the prophet came and told him a story. And, and, and David got upset, got ready to go get the man. And then he said, hey, you the man. <laughs> but once he found he was the man, he repented. He repented. He asked God to forgive him. And sometimes when you find out you the man, you got to repent. You repent. That exactly is what that means. You the person that needs to repent. And that's one thing we found about David. And you're going to be holy, you got to learn how to repent quickly. If you're going to be holy, 1 Peter 1 and 16, because it's written, Be holy, for I am holy. Be holy, for I am holy. you got to learn how to repent quickly. Now, go back to Romans 12, verse 2, and let, excuse me, we got to make a decision here. Do we want better? Do we want what God has for us? Do we want the the power, the anointing, the purpose that God has for our lives. Well, we, got, we cannot be conformed to this world. Cannot be conformed to this world. What I mean by conform? Trying to fit in to the world. Complying with the world's standards. But we must be transformed or changed into another form by the renewing of our mind. I've got a choice to make. Either I'm going to be conformed to the world or transformed by the renewing of our mind. I was thinking about this when I was looking at this text here. You can choose to be transformed 
by the word of God for years, then you can change your mind and start being conformed to the world. Let that sink in for a moment. Years you've been going through being changed by the word of God, praying, studying scripture, going, listen, doing what you're supposed to do. But you can all of a sudden have a moment and all of a sudden just go back to the world. Start being conformed to the world. One thing I've learned in this walk with Christ, no one is exempt from that. I've seen people who've been in church. I, told, I, I know y'all told this story more than one time. They were my spiritual heroes, people I admire. I said, one day if I can be as saved as they are, I'll be all right. I mean, I'm going to be, whoo, boy, if I can be, Lord, they Holy Ghost for you. I mean, they were speaking in tongues, but they would do some amazing. To me, I was just impressed by what they were doing. Years went by. I saw them somewhere. I remember one person I saw that used to be in the church that we used to go visit. I was like, man, this person's spiritual. Was on praise and worship team the whole nine yards. They were drunk over in the corner. Had left the church. I thought in my mind, that was the person I admired. That was the person I said I wanted to be like. So now, I said, I want to be like Christ. I want to be like Jesus. Now, if you got a, a trait or two I like, yeah, I like that trait. But I realized that gift didn't come from you. It came from who? That's it. Came from God. Came from God. I wish I could sing like that sister right there. But you know what? I admire I stick with my calling, though. Y'all follow me? And so I admire, but I, listen, I realize, though, we all are in this thing together. And we got to make this thing, y'all. We got to keep on praying. We got to keep on fasting. We got to keep on maturing. We got to keep on going, y'all. Listen, we can't get weary and well-doing for in due season. We're going to reap if we faint in the heart. Hallelujah. But we're going to walk in God's purpose, his destiny for our lives. But we got to make up in our mind. We're going to be conformed to this world. Are we going to? Well, I'll give you one more quick example. Y'all seen people to come to this church. Be on fire for God for a while. But all of a sudden, they, we don't even know what happened. One thing I've noticed about change, nobody sees the change that happens in your life. We see the manifestation of it. We see, we can't see it. We don't know. It could happen three years ago, but we may not see the results of it till two years later. Y'all seen the difference? Y'all know when a seed go in the ground? Now, I'm not a, listen, I grew up in the country. My grandmother could take, she could go take a, y'all know about these folks that could take a snip off of, off of somebody else's plant and plant it and grow the thing big as, as all get out. If I take this thing and cut it off, I kill that plant and yours too. You follow me? I got no green thumb whatsoever. But when you put plant that seed in the ground, oh, it's a lot happening under that ground. Now, this is the thing I want you to understand. It could be happening good or it could be happening not good. It could be godly and not godly. 
And I, I can't see what's happening on the ground, but God does. He sees what's happening on the ground. And so, therefore, he will warn you, hey, something happening right there. Dobbs, or Pastor, or excuse me, Dobbs, I need you to talk about this right here. Because why? He's concerned about what's happening on the ground. He's concerned about what is happening with my sister and my brother. Yeah, you see the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. God's looking at the heart. Well, something going on with that sister. Something going on with that brother. And we may not see it on the outside, but God knows every heart that is in this sanctuary. He knows it. And he said, I know what's going on. So I'm going to give you a word that's going to help them. And, and you may not see it, but I'm going to help that transformation take place. Yeah, that was some bad seed, but I'm going to turn this into good. What the, God, the enemy meant for evil, God can turn it around for good. Y'all know God can do that, right? <laughs> Woo. I just feel led to say this just before I go. I have been guilty, and you may not admit it, but I'm, I'm going to talk about me. I have allowed the enemy to plant some bad seeds in my life. And I'm glad that y'all didn't see the manifestation of it. Because God dealt with me, and I said, Lord, there's some bad seed right here. I need, I need to repent. And, and literally, you probably saw the grass come up, but you just didn't know what it was. <laughs> you saw that blade come up. What's that going on down like right there? Let me pray. Thank y'all for your prayers. Thank you for You don't know how much your prayers be meaning. Because the prayers may not be, you may not see it, but there's something happening. There's something happening. And so I've been guilty of allowing the enemy to plant seeds in my life. And it wasn't pretty neither, y'all. Mm. If that thing would have came up, woo-wee. Mm, 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 mm. All right. So we're going down to Romans 12 and 2, that you may prove. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You got to prove some things. Prove means I got to be deemed worthy what is that good, useful, and beneficial, acceptable, and perfect will of God? I need to prove to myself, and I prove to God. And one thing I love about that text is this right here. Every now and then, you've been proving that the word works in your life. You've been proving that the word works. You've been proving that prayer works. I can look in the sanctuary right now, and I can look at you, and, I, and you have a proof. That prayer works. Not just my prayer, but your prayer is working. Your giving is working. Your life of living for God is working. You've been a changed person. You're not that old creature that you used to be. Behold, all things are becoming new. God been changing you for the better. I'm not talking about this natural change. I'm talking about that spiritual change. That spiritual change. You've been changing for the better. God's been doing a work in your life. And listen, you might as well give God the glory for it. Because we know it wasn't Dobbs that did it for you. It's the Holy Spirit working in your life. Eyes have not seen nor ears heard the things that God is prepared for those that love you. Well, some of you know you've been talking more word in 2023 than you ever have in your life. You've been, listen, you've been believing God in ways, stuff that used to upset you in 20, 21, 22. Hey, 2023, you're like, hmm, it ain't going to get me this time. 
He ain't going to get me this time. Yeah, you might have got me 20. You might have got me 21. And you might have got me 22. And you might have got me January, February, and March of 23. But hey, in November and December of 23, I'm not going to fall for it no more. Because God's been changing you for the better. Whew. You want to see what a change, well, you, excuse me, let me say this. You want to see what proof looks like? Look around. That's proof right there. The word is working. The word is working in him. The word is working in her. Oh, you see them, man. They're not the same person that they used to be. Transformation is taking place. Transformation is taking place. Oh, yeah, they're taking place. All right. And God is working. He's doing a renovation on the inside of each and every one of us. And thank God for the renovation process because God's word will tear down old ideas and ideologies and how we think we should, things should be done so we can reveal more in line with scripture. Let me say this to you. I didn't know how to be a husband. I had my own idea of how to be a husband. You know where I got it from? I try to say this in a nice way so it's not so offensive. Them crazy folks I used to hang out with on the street. And they were crazy. I'm not gonna lie, they were crazy. It, but it went in line with what? Scripture. So I had to dump all that and get, learn how to be a husband. I didn't know how to be no uh, a brother in the Lord. I had my idea about brother stuff we used to do when we hang out at. Mm-mm-mm-mm. But that's not what God told me to do. I had to learn how to be a brother in the Lord. And this is what you need to understand. God would take away that old mentality and replace it with his word. How do you do this, that, and the other? How do you be uh, a good sister, a good brother in the Lord? You need help from the Lord. You need help from the Lord. I went past that. I got it all down. Do you really? Do you really? How do you be a good employee? You need help from the Lord. Because if not, you'd be like me. Listen, at 4.50, I got up at 5 o'clock. But I'll start working way before 5 o'clock. Way before 5 because I wouldn't stay in the second longer. When 5 hit 501, I was out the door. That means I hit the clock at 5, and by 501, I was at the car. 502, I was doom. I was working as unto the Lord. I was working where I get away with. God had to teach me. God, he's still teaching. Some of y'all, I can tell by the way you're laughing. <laughs> you got to work it unto the Lord. Because if not, you do things the way you want to do them. Not the way that he wants them done. But it came to giving. God had to tear down my old way of, of thinking about giving and build up how to do it God's way. Listen, I didn't know how to be holy. I didn't know nothing about being holy. I thought holy was how you looked on the outside. I got to dress holy. Man, please. If you ain't hold on the inside, keep your dress. I'm sorry. Let me get out of that. I felt something happening right there. But I need others to be cautious in how God is dealing with me. I need others to be cautious how God is dealing with me. Because I want the same grace and the same mercy that when he's changing me, I need to have this grace and mercy towards you as well. So in my closing, I want to go over just three traits of people people who understand and support transformation in others. Number one, we need patience with one another. We need patience with one another. Romans 15 verse 5, 
Now may the God of patience, steadfast waiting, and comfort grant you to be light-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus. So I need to be patient with one another. I need you to be patient with me while I'm going through my changes, and I'll be patient with you as you're going through your changes. I ain't talking about wet dog. You ain't got it together yet. You ain't never heard that before. Okay, all right. Keep, keep, keep living. Keep living. Keep living. Two, I need to show love for one another. First John 4, 21. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Love means I need to be fond of you. Well, I'm going through my changes. I need for you to love me because I'm, I'm being changed. But I need to love you while you're being changed as well. Can you imagine if they'd have stopped loving Paul when he was going through his changes? We might not have had the New Testament. But God specifically told one brother, hey, go see him. And what, is, what they can tell him, he said, listen, I have changed him for myself. And that brother had to have love because Paul was killing Christians at the time. And so he went and he showed him love. I don't know if we got another Paul in here or another Paulette, whatever the case may be. But there's somebody in this sanctuary that I need to show love toward that can be the next game changer for the kingdom of God. I don't know. You might be the next to start to create something that be the next billionaire. And I treat you bad. No, it ain't going to happen on this watch. You follow me? I'm leaving the church, Pat, because you treated me well. Two months later, I hear about you and struck off. Oh, Jed became a millionaire. <laughs> I'm sorry. Some of y'all don't get that. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the third one is this. Compassion. 1 Peter 3 and 8. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion or being sympathetic to one another. One another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. So as you're going through changes and I'm going through changes, we need to show, to me, these traits. Patience, love, and compassion. Because we're all being changed. Nobody in this sanctuary is not going through transformation. Whether you want to or not. You just think, you know, I hear that saying, so-and-so will never change. It's impossible. You're going to change in one way or another. The question is, are you going to be conformed to this world? are transformed by the renewing of your mind with the word of God because nobody stays the same. But I want us all to have caution. Transformation is taking place. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. 
1-800-227-8285. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.